a person can use their 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 privilege or their seniority to pave the way for those coming after them. And this is really important in organizations like this. What the older members have to say and the precedent they set, it, it creates a trajectory going forward. everyone this is alex and this is m welcome to the latest episode of the good the bad the basic this is the podcast for tv lovers movie buffs and binge watchers of all ages on this podcast we'll be discussing what we loved what we hated and what's just a bit problematic about the tv and movies that we're addicted to and do a bit of rewriting where necessary. For much more exclusive content, become a show producer over on Patreon and get access to after-the-episode outtakes, curated playlists, movie reviews, music video retrospectives, and so much more. Join the GBB family at patreon.com forward slash goodbadbasic. Today we're discussing the hit ABC family college comedy drama, Greek. Greek follows a group of young adults at university who are part of fraternities or sororities, otherwise known as Greek life. This series observes the college experience from a lens that is often seen on the periphery of the college experience rather than the forefront, and chronicles the characters' various highs and lows during their first real foray into adulthood. So what do we think made this series so unique? Stay tuned. Alright everyone, here are some critical details on Greek. The series is classified as a comedy drama. It was created by Patrick Sean Smith. It was released from July 9th, 2007 through uh, March 7th, 2011 on ABC Family for four seasons and a total of 74 episodes. The series stars Joseph Zacker as Rusty Cartwright, aka Spitter. He is our primary protagonist. He is an engineering major and a pledge of Kappa Tau Gamma. Spencer Grammer as Casey Cartwright, our secondary protagonist, who is Rusty's older sister and a member of the sorority Zeta Beta Zeta. Scott Michael Foster as Cappy, president of Kappa Tau Gamma and Rusty's big brother. He's also Casey's ex-boyfriend. Jake McDormand as Evan Chambers. He is a trust fund baby, a pledge educator, and the eventual president of the fraternity Omega Chi Delta. He's also Casey's ex-boyfriend. Paul James as Calvin Owen, one of Rusty's first friends at Cypress Rhodes University, which is the university in question. And he's an eventual pledge of Omega Chi Delta. He is Evan's little brother. Amber Stevens is Ashley Howard, Casey's best friend and roommate. She also is a fellow Zeta Beta Zeta. Dilshad Vatsaria as Rebecca Logan, a Zeta Beta Zeta pledge, daughter of a senator, Casey's little sister, and uh, for the duration of the show, kind of an enemy, or at least the first few seasons. Last but not least, Clark Duke as Dale, Dale Kettlewell. 
Rusty's freshman year roommate. He is a conservative Southern Baptist, and he is an anti-Greek activist. So all of the fraternities and sororities listed are fictional, as is the university, Cypress Rhodes University. And of course, this is because they are making a lot of valid criterium and a lot of valid observations on Greek life, and nobody's trying to get sued. So let's talk about it. <laughs> right. And I will say that, like, even this show, and I think it's obvious this show is very extremely tame when it comes to the problems I in Greek life. And in, in and I'm and I'm saying so tame as to say like I think they barely address them. Anybody who's even read even anything cursory about like Greek life at universities knows that like it is a hellscape. It is a hellscape of like like savageness and like Lord of the Flies type shit, and like it's it's not a good time, and and it doesn't sound like a good time. Right, right, right. On a lot of campuses, uh, sororities are terrorists of young women. Um, they engage in a lot of hazing, and I use hazing loosely. It's really just glorified bullying and assault rituals on new pledges. On a lot of campuses, the fraternities are responsible for moving drugs across the campus, okay? They're, they're, they're a literal gang, they're drug dealers. <laughs> right, and like, I, like many kids have died in like the hazing rituals. Like, right. many a university has been sued because kids have died, like it's ridiculous. And so many of these fraternities have charges brought upon them for rape at their frat parties that are never, Never go past campus investigations. Right. Um, and the Black Greeks aren't better either. Like, they aren't. Like, as much as they I like mean, to think they are. Arguably worse where their pledges are concerned because they engage in branding. Literally right. burning their pledges like cattle. So, Which is psychotic. So, so no one's so, doing all of this for networking connections. <laughs> right? Essentially doing all of it to network. Which, like... Yes, but also at the at, at the risk of death. Okay, so no one's here to, like, defend the Greek system. But the show is very cute. And I think, um, and I guess, like, if you had a positive experience with, like, Greek life, I could see that you, like, you would write this show. Like, this makes right. sense to me. I mean, low-key, I'm side-eyeing anyone who did have a positive experience at a major university because Greek life, like most things, the more popular or large a college campus is, like an Ivy League school or a party school, uh, the more corrupt Greek, Greek life and its members tend to be. This is not, it's not me. This is a real observation. <laughs> no, and that's real. And I will say that, like, yeah, like, if you're going, if you're Russian Greeks at, like, any, like, of the big Southern universities... Like, get real. Like, get real immediately. But, um, cause I, cause Greek, like, it was like a huge thing in, in the Southern universities. And, um, I think most recently there was that famous, like, the Alabama sorority, like, rejected that black girl. But, um, mm -hmm. cause she was black. But I went to like a really, I went to a small private, uh, hippie dippy arts college and we had greek life and it was really benign <laughs> like it was um it was pro it was probably like like the show right 
And the, the I think that's my the one real big gripe I have with the show because CRU is shown as being like a somewhat a larger school. It is kind of a party school. So they're taking that kind of benign Greek life atmosphere of smaller universities and putting them in a large university, which just does not mesh, right? Right. Um, and I think the other issue with Greek life that people really don't question is how people will say things like, I joined for the brotherhood. I joined for the sisterhood. This is literally why people join gangs, but okay. And they're willing to do and put up with all kinds of criminal activity upon their persons and the persons of others for this sense of community. I We need to talk more about how, even if you are here just for the networking, you shouldn't have to do all of this to get the right connections to succeed in life. It's a lot. It's a lot. No, that's that's real. And that's definitely something to, to meditate and think on. Um, but like Em said, Greek, uh, Greek aired on ABC Family from 07, 07 to 2011. So it's been a while since the show was on the air. But like, I remember it was, it was like a runaway hit for ABC Family. Uh, ABC Family Now, Freeform. Um, it was a huge hit. It was a great show. It was a fun show. And it was really fun to revisit because I remember essentially what made this show so great. And I think this runaway hit is because it's a really easy, it's a really easy show. There's not, it's not really contentious. The problems and the obstacles that like face our core characters are surmountable but feel uh urgent enough that they forward the story and um and yeah it's a good time right it is a good time um is there a show about greek life that could handle all of the themes that we just talked about yes but abc family was not the platform to do it and i'm glad that they didn't attempt to Right. And I don't think Greek, I don't think this particular show Greek was the the show <laughs> that, that should have done it either. Like this is, and all that stuff that we talked about, like they don't care. Like this, that's not what they're, that's not what their focus is. Their focus is on what we said, the coming of age, essentially of into young adulthood of these characters and they're, and it's more about like, what does it mean like, you know, and they actually touch on concepts for these characters that I, I think are really engaging and, and stuff that I would still like to see um, in terms of self-identity. What does it mean to be yourself and self-reinvention? Is that possible? And uh, friendships and your word is bond. And what does it mean to stick to your word? What does it mean to be a good person what does being a good person look like and i think these are all thematic relevant like evergreen relevant questions that um i think are always great and wonderful to explore and stuff i always like to see on screen agreed one of my favorite things about greek particularly in this first season is that they basically took all of the the problems of privileged white kids in high school and put them in college. Um, and I think that's really, really smart. I think a lot of times when we deal with young adult dramas, which as we said, there aren't enough of, there aren't enough shows about the college years, right? But the show, some of the shows that we do have they age up the thought process and the maturity level of their characters in a way that isn't, it isn't logical and it isn't realistic. 
you don't just become a different person and become more mature as an 18-year-old in high school becoming an 18-year-old in college. That's not how that works. Right. Um, And Greek actually does a pretty decent job of showing the slow maturity and coming of age of folks from the time they enter college to the time that they leave. And I thought that was smart. Right. Exactly. So, um, so our intro into this world is through the eyes of Rusty Cartwright. Rusty, it's his freshman year at Cypress Roads, and he is essentially trying to find his place. And so through Rusty, we're then introduced to his big sister, Casey Cartwright, who is a sophomore, I think, at the time. And she is, you know, older. She's already done her freshman year and she kind of doesn't want anything to do with him. And so, but uh, she comes around and and sort of, and they form a real closeness and friendship uh, as brother and sister. And then from these two, we're introduced to Cappy and Evan and Ashley, Casey's best friend, as well as um, Owen, who is a, a pledge at Omega Chi, who will go on to pledge Omega Chi, and Franny, who is the ZBZ president, and uh, and then, like you said, Daryl, Dale, mm-hmm. Dale, 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 yeah, who Dale is and Jen. Hmm? Yeah, we meet Dale and Calvin and Jen, who are like Rusty's people. Right. And this will be, for the most part, our core group. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think what was sending me most of, most of all in season one was that Rusty's legal name was Rusty, and Rusty wasn't a nickname. <laughs> I, and, and the show forgets that, because later on in the season, they're like, Russell Cartwright, like, because he wins some, like, award. But I'm like, I thought his name was Rusty. No, his name is actually Rusty, and Spitter is his nickname, but I think they they realized Rusty is as ridiculous as I realized it was. (laughs) Um, So, season one, like, you know, Alex just basically summarized it for us. Now, it's interesting that you have someone like Rusty rushing Greek life, because this is also not the view that we get of sororities and fraternities in the periphery right it's always the jock the dude bro who's in a fraternity but this is actually an accurate representation there are a lot of really really intelligent people in greek life right yeah so rusty essentially makes the choice to rush because he's trying to figure out something more he's trying to he's searching for something more we learn in this pilot that essentially rusty was always like uh a really was essentially quote unquote gifted and a really smart kid and like a nerd and casey and the and his parents sort of like were like fond over him and not so much over casey and that's why they sort of have this contention between them when he first shows up to cypress roads um but Rusty was super smart. I mean, his major is like polymer science. <laughs> uh, and he's, but he's looking to have an identity like beyond all of that. He's looking to actually have experiences that, and and find something that he feels that he missed out in, in high school. 
Yeah. And this is really accurate as well. Somebody trying to find themselves or reinvent themselves or explore themselves when they go to college are very common themes, right? And it's, I like that they make the sister a year older so that we don't have to kind of deal with, with the transition of these two characters at the same time. Like, not Stacey. Casey is already hitting her stride. She's been here for a year. She's adjusted. And so get, getting to see CRU from these two lenses is actually really fun for me. And, you know, like I said, they, a lot of the, the 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 high school problems that are borrowed and brought over into college still very much exist in her life, right? She's very popular here. And the popular white girl is always having boy trouble. One of the pledges of her sorority, Rebecca uh sleeps with her boyfriend and this is a very high school problem right but how do you deal with it when you're in the same sorority right right and she has to figure out and and this is where i get i guess we get our first sort of you know grown up like young adulthood issue because casey's immediately devastated and Franny, who is the ZBZ president, is like, no, like when you're an adult, you just sort of cheating is not grounds for breaking up. <laughs> you know, Franny with all of her like <laughs> terrible um, advice, <laughs> terrible advice. Franny with all of her uh, smile, even though your heart is breaking advice in steeped in white womanhood uh franny gives her this advice of like well no like you know he's evan chambers he's he can do so much for you um it's best to just forgive ignore and and keep dating right terrible advice super terrible um and the girl in question rebecca is actually casey's little sister so in such sororities and fraternities they have a little sister and little brother which is basically like someone who's already pledged who took someone who was pledging under their wing and your little sister or brother will always be that even when they're like integrated into sorority right you have like this bond because you were their mentor and, and they were your mentee um so this makes a betrayal sting that much harder right right But they're not going to get rid of Rebecca because Rebecca is a daughter of a senator. And again, we're here to make connections and those connections need to be with important people. And she's a very important person, but by association of her father. And so you kind of see this dynamic play out where, you know, the bureaucracy of Greek life matters more than how you feel in the moment and preserving relationships outside of the house. Exactly. Um, this uh, this pilot is really great, by the way. And so at, once Casey finds out that Evan, her boyfriend, has slept with Rebecca, she then, on, on Franny's advice, <laughs> um, sleeps with her ex, Cappy, um, who is the president of Capital as a sort of revenge and that is the the wedge that is in our that's in our 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 story i mean if we want more proof that fraternities are like gangs why why are y'all warring you're literally at the same school on the same campus what's the beef (laughs) uh that's a good question (laughs) 
<laughs> I don't understand it. But yeah, if Ayanla fixes lives, Franny ruins them. It's bad enough to tell the girl to stay with her cheating boyfriend, but then be like, you should get back at him by screwing your ex. That'll totally help your broken heart. <laughs> 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 um, it's bad advice all around, and uh, it, it leads to like this really sticky, I don't want to say love triangle, because pretty soon everybody in this dynamic, Evan, Cappy, and uh, Casey are single. But it's this tension that carries on for like the next two seasons. I mean, I think for the duration of the series, really. Yeah, yeah, let's be honest. They never really get past this. Because you know how dudes are, especially dudes who cheat. They can't take you cheating, especially not with someone whom they've labeled an enemy for the most ridiculous reasons. Um and Franny should have known this. She should have known that adults, even men, even adult men, are not okay with being cheated on, even if they're a cheater. Right. That's, that's true. <laughs> Hell, especially um, with a cheater, because they know what they're out here doing. <laughs> they can only imagine what you're doing. Uh, one of the... Wait, am I calling him Owen and his name is Calvin? I think that's who you're calling. Yeah. Cause the actor's name is, it, it, well, his name is Calvin Owen on the show. Like he's got two first characters, oh, two first names. That's what it is. That's what and it is. And the actor who plays him also has two first names, Paul James. I hate it here. <laughs> um, okay. So, and then, um, and then at the, and then we find out, uh, we'll see, and then at the end of the, the 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 pilot, it's like then we have Calvin, who actually has a really interesting storyline. I would say like, and I and if I remember correctly, if my memory is serving me, Calvin really and Calvin and essentially Greek and Calvin's journey through Greek is definitely like I, at at the time was like queer queer studies one on one for a lot of people. Right. So Calvin is, he goes through, like he said, he has a, he has a really good character arc. Um, I wish that how, what happened with him was how the Jack McPhee character would have been treated in the college years and they'll be, uh, you know, on uh, Dawson's Creek. Yes. It's a really good, it's a really good story. Uh, he's like outed. Not intentionally. Uh, he starts uh, talking to this girl, Ashley, and she kind of outs him uh, to Omega Chai, Omega Kai, however it's pronounced. And, you know, it, his, he, he kind of goes from there. Um, but it's honestly the best thing that could have happened to him, right? Right. I mean, uh, yeah, because he starts the show closeted. Like, he's to the point where he's saying... Um, uh, he's saying stuff like, I'm not gay. I'm just like, I was just drunk. <laughs> like, even though like he very, like you're like, get real, get real, get honest. Um, and, but like you said, he gets outed by Ashley and then he has a whole arc of, I think like really accepting himself. And then to the point where I think in the later seasons, he doesn't even want to, he, his, uh, his, I think hookup, Grant is like closeted and he just doesn't want to deal with it anymore. Yeah. And I think that's what makes a character great. It wasn't like the Jack McPhee character who was literally recruited by a fraternity to be their token gay person. It was just like, oh, okay. He was out. 
he was in, now he's out. We have to reckon with this. And you kind of see the shift, not just in that character, but in the other pledges, right? Right. It becomes like a thing in the Omega Kai house of like, okay, so what do we do? How do we um, accept this gay guy like in our fraternity? And listen, in real life, like fraternities are horribly homophobic, even though they are intensely homoerotic. And <laughs> um, it would not have in real life, it probably wouldn't have played out for Calvin and the way that it plays out for him in Greek. But I do like that it, but uh, I do like how it plays out in Greek. Um, I think, cause like I always say, I think TV can also be like a really hopeful place. It can be like a medium in which we teach people how they should act. And mm-hmm. that's essentially what happens. Like the guys all, there are always sort of like tensions, but the guys do for the most part accept him. But most importantly, um, Ev- Evan, Evan, who is Calvin's, who is the president of Omega Chi and Calvin's big brother, um, sets the precedent to be like, no, like he's, one of us we're gonna treat him like we treat everybody and we're gonna we're not gonna be weird and we're not gonna be homophobic right 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 and i think that says everything right it's because if uh if evan hadn't said anything who knows what would have happened right i think this is a really good example of how a person can use their 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 privilege or their seniority to pave the way for those coming after them. And this is really important in organizations like this. What the older members have to say and the precedent they set, it, it creates a trajectory going forward. Right. So, um, so yeah, so this first season is really the show. For the most part, the show just uh, will work for as like a close as a closed episodic. There are like big overarching arcs for the seasons, but they're more but they're more so for like our characters, and they're more so for just like we just learn more about all of the characters here, um, and and yeah, but there's no. But it's but it's not it's not like there's like a real heavy like storyline. It's more just like stuff happens. So is there any like highlights in season one or any particular stories from season one that like really stood out to you? Spring break, baby. (laughs) 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 When uh, Rebecca's father, uh, his shit hits the fan, which obviously blows back on her because that's again why she was asked to pledge Zeta Beta Zeta. Um, we have, you know, the makeups and the breakups between, um, uh, Cappy and Cal, Cappy and Casey and, uh, Rusty and Calvin who are on the outs kind of become close again. Um, another theme that I like throughout is, uh, the freshman year roommate, uh, Dale, who is kind of like. I guess he's supposed to be like the audience cypher, right? Except the show is very much pro-Greek life. So the show uses the fact that he is a conservative and that he's a Southern Baptist to make sure that the audience never resonates with him too hard. Yeah, definitely. I think uh, Dale is used to sort of... I think he is sort of used to try to address some of like the concerns around greek life because when he becomes when he and that girl 
that I think Rusty ends up like having sex with, um, like start their little like anti anti Greek like thing. Oh, you uh, mean Jen K? Oh, uh, you mean Jen K? Not Jen K. There's like another girl. She's a brunette. Like start like their little anti Greek thing. Oh right 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 right. I know who they you're start. Yeah, they start their little anti-Greek, uh, like, or, like, organization. And one of the things that they bring up very rightfully is, like, the nepotism, like, the, the special parks, um, the fact that, like, you have to be a certain way to be Greek. They, they do bring up these sort of real concerns with regards to Greek life. Right, right. Um, and I think those, those concerns are legitimate. But again, they're not our protagonists, Right. Right, and the show's very pro Greek. A, a lot of what they say, even though it's it's legitimate, and I understand it as such, is kind of framed as being bitter and petty. Yeah, definitely, it's all framed as like big, big haterade energy. Right, it's kind of like how are you gonna hear from outside the club? You can't even get in. <laughs> get in. Um, <laughs> it's very much that. It's giving me well. You know, those who can do and those who can't complain. I I don't like the way that the Dale character is treated. But again, it's so hard for me as a black woman to like Dale. And Same. I think that was the point. Dale is, Dale is going to be polarizing on account of race, gender, religion, or political views. He's going to be polarizing to most of the people who are tuning in to watch Greek. And I think that's the kind of the point. But overall, I think season one was mad cute. It's a show that I would have gotten into for sure when I was younger. I don't know why I didn't watch it, but I know if I'd watch a couple episodes, I would have been hooked. Yeah, same. Um, yeah, and my favorite, some of my favorite things from, I think, the first season, nothing particularly stands out. But I do remember really loving the Rebecca Cappy relationship in season one when it happens. That pairing, mm-hmm. I, I liked it. I thought it worked really well. And yeah, just everything that happens is mad cute. That's so season one, good, bad, or basic for you. For me, it was good, especially given the subject matter. Now, I will say, if you are college age and you are watching Greek, take everything about the camaraderie and the bond with a grain of salt. For real, for real. But it's very, it's very well done. Um, Yeah, I don't really have any complaints about season one because, like I said. It didn't need to be taken too seriously. They understood the assignment. What about you? Good, bad, or basic? Same. I think for, for you know, judging the show for what it is, and I think you always have to judge a show for what it is and what it's trying to do. Um, I think it's good. I think it, like you said, it understands the assignment. It's not, I think it has a really clear focus on what it wants to do and what it wants to think about, which are these characters and um yeah, which are these characters? It's very situational, which I like the situationalness of it because I think that allows the characters to shine through more. And I have a, I had a fun time. I had a fun time as well. And I will say the same thing. The Greek, Greek does very little analysis and exploration of the bad side of Greek life, but it does make up for it in the way that it really cares about these characters and tries to build on them. So I'll give it that. Um, Season two um, was 22 episodes, just like season one. 
and it actually opens during Greek week. Casey's dating a new guy, Max, who happens to be Rusty's RA. He is a polymer science grad student. So brains on brains on brains. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I didn't even know that polymer science was a field until I watched this show. And half of my friends were engineering majors. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, also, shout out to Jesse Williams, who was like in the season finale in season one, the spring break episode. Listen, he was just trying to get a check where he could back in those days. <laughs> but it's before we all knew knew who he was. <laughs> On Greek, he's just like Ashley's hot guy that she sees and and is, you know, um, like it's like a misconnection. Greek Greek never lets us stray too far from the people that we met in season one, and I kind of like that. They'll introduce characters like Max, who literally serves as like a wedge, an obstacle, right? Between mm-hmm. Casey and the two exes who are fighting over her. And then like they send him away and the two of them ultimately end things because of the long distance, right? Right. And you know what? And and, and in this context, it works because young adulthood is like that, right? You meet people that you never talk to ever again. And like they can have such a, you meet people and you form romantic partnerships or you form friendships with them and it's intense and it's real and it's honest. And then you guys leave or you go separate ways and you will never, ever talk to that person ever again. And they're just a memory, right? Right. And college relationships are like that. They lack the stability of adult relationships. You could go anywhere for grad school. You could get transferred. You could get expelled. You can be suspended. Your partner could. Hell, they can move dormitories or buildings that they dorm in and all of a sudden your relationship changes. (laughs) Like... It ain't safe. Anything is an obstacle. Literally anything. Um, You get a job. You're working longer hours. And so it is very real in this context. I don't think stable relationships are something that people should think about until they graduate school. Right. And um, so I will say Greek is probably the one show where I don't have a problem with the new people. (laughs) It's the exception uh, definitively for me. Uh, where when we're introduced to new people, I don't necessarily hate it. Cause and and I will and I will say like a big reason why I don't hate it is that we will ultimately end with predominantly our our core our core people. Right. And the new people are never here to stay, number one. They're never um presented at the very last minute. And I never feel like they're here because the writers don't know what they're doing. They have a very real use as a plot device. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, so like you said, we open with Greek week, uh, and you know, with ZBZ, ZBZ and Omega Chi being the predominant houses, Greek week is like, to my knowledge is like, it's like a competition between all of the houses at between all of the Greek houses at, uh, like, a given university. And they all, like, compete in, like, games and stuff. And whoever, like, wins the Greek Week trophy is, like, the best. But they're, like, the best, like, nationally, not just, like, at their university. To, to my knowledge, to, to what I understand. If I'm wrong, you know, you can blow us up on Twitter. That's fine. Whatever. Um, that you're either the best in the nation or just the best in your little school school yeah 
Um, that's that's what I understand about it. And so Greek and because Franny was, I think, excommunicated as president, or she was forced to resign because she did something shady. Um, Casey is now president and they are, you know, doing a thing and it's a whole thing and they're doing the games and stuff. Don't ask me. The point is, is that that's, that's our story for the, for the open air and there, and there's tension and stuff. Lots of tension. Greek is really good about tension. And like looking back on some of these seasons, kudos to the writers for for letting this the tension drag out that long and feel that serious a lot of it really wasn't that deep but thank you for making it feel very very intense and i'm not even saying this to be sarcastic i think a lot of things that we think are the end of the world when we're teenagers or young adults really aren't but feeling like they are is important when you're making a college age drama i completely agree with that i think that's that's a very good observation. And yes, 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 yes. And, you know, uh, Rusty starts dating a new girl this season as well. He starts dating Jordan. Yeah. yeah after stealing her from Jesse McCartney. Yes, which is, I feel difficult because I've seen what Jesse McCartney looked like then. And yeah, so. Um, <laughs> But he starts dating this new girl, and like most guys who are in a serious relationship, he starts letting his grades slip. He's juggling a lot of, he's juggling a lot. He's juggling uh, Greek life, academic life, and romantic life, and one of those balls are going to drop. Right. And it's in, it's his academics, right, which he has to then quickly get back on track. Uh, he then has to fix with a, a, a project for like a university. He develops like this polymer science project, which puts him in like a, a head-to-head contention with Dale, who mm-hmm. has also had his project, but unlike Rusty, had been thinking about it all of last year and has really been working hard on it. Whereas Rusty just sort of came up with his at the last minute. Um, but then now has but now this project is like it's a big thing and he has to like compete um and he and they and they don't take it well he's not taking it well this uh dale yeah dale dale is such like i said before such an interesting character and their usage of him i always feel is pretty legit i'm not gonna lie but this season i feel like the dale character is definitely a, a character that is the closest we come to an antagonist, I guess. Mm-hmm. Dale is yeah. an antagonist. <laughs> I would say it's the closest. Because even then, like, even in this plot, which I really love, um, by the way, this, the the sort of, an, the, the competition between Dale and Rusty, I like ultimately how it's resolved in the place it's coming from. Dale is, like, really, because, f- you know, Dale and Rusty are, are similar people. They're both like in this, they're both in these engineering tech uh, majors. Um, but Rusty is basically getting to do all the things, right? He has a girlfriend, he's part of Capital, he's partying, and, you know, he's living his life. And Dale, once again, has like sacrificed, is like foregoing those things once again to concentrate on his studies to be a better engineer. And I understand, um, and I do think it's really compassionate. Uh, and, and it makes me feel compassion for the character that he's frustrated 
that he quote unquote did what you're supposed to do and then he's not seeing the benefit from that whereas Rusty sort of just came in at the last minute and is seeing it and they resolve it in a really nice way where they have Cappy sort of come in and Cappy because Rusty's really frustrated and he can't understand why Dale is being like this and Cappy has to come in and say like you know and this is also what makes the Cappy character so great by the way is like Cappy's real compassion and understanding of of things, even though he's ridiculous and in another sort of way. Um, Cappy has to come in and tell Rusty, it's like, hey, like you have a girlfriend. You party with us all year and you do all these fun, silly things that we're doing. Dale just has this, this and nothing else. Like, try to find some compassion for your friend. And then, and Rusty does, and and that's how it resolves. And and that was really interesting to me, and I really liked it. I did too. And it's not lost on me that someone like Cappy, who is also a member of Greek life and has been for a while now, should have to be the one to point things out to you, Rusty, when Dale's life was literally the life you were living as a high school senior. Right. There was no parties, there was no friends, there was no girlfriends. How quickly you forgot how you were living. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, Also at the end of, at the end of season two, uh, or not the end, but during season two, um, Jordan, Rusty's girlfriend, uh, decides to drop out and leave CRU, which is a place in Ohio, um, and move to New York. And I rem- and I remember thinking that was once again, uh, like you said, these sort of new people are used for like real purposes. And I loved that because like that's also a thing that you'll find kids do all the time, like people you'll meet in school. Like, you know, they're like they look around and they're like, you know, this environment isn't for me. This isn't like how I think I'm best gonna succeed. So I'm gonna do this other thing. And that's what she does. She does this other thing. <laughs> Right, and I'm not mad at it. Go where the money is, sweetie. Always go where the money is. Um, <laughs> no, but seriously, all jokes aside, um, I think that that relationship play, ran its course, right? I don't think the character was used as filler. I don't think uh, the relationship was used as filler. It ran its course, and that's how college relationships are. And I really kind of hate the college narrative, and we're going to talk about this more next week when we discuss Felicity, but I hate the college narrative of that you can find your love, true, your one true love, or should want to, in college. <laughs> right. And it's interesting, because that is a narrative that's, like, pushed a lot, and I think, but I also think that's something that's, I think, kind of honest, because I know a lot of, lots of people meet, do meet their life partners in college or whatever. But it feels kind of silly that they do. Um, also, uh, one more thing that that's really big that happens this season is like Dale loses his virginity to yes. an older woman, and it like rocks him. <laughs> it yeah, rocks his shit. Older, I hate the older woman plotline. I really do. I'm I like I'm good for him. He lost his virginity because that is something he wanted to do. These older woman plot lines, though, y'all really be sending me with these. I'm just glad he wasn't a minor. <laughs> Shout out to Pacey Witter. Isn't it awful that we have to say that? Yeah, like, I'm glad he's not a minor. Don't, why do? I, why should I have to say that? <laughs> season two, I think, was just a good season. It was a good 
building on season one. I don't really, I don't have any complaints about season one. Um, I guess uh, Amphora, the secret society is probably like a highlight of season two for me. Mm. Um, it was giving me skulls, but like ABC family style. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, definitely. Um, I will say I liked the Franny, like I can't like Iota Kappa Iota Icky um, and Z- ZBZ head to head. These sorority names are sending me. I swear to God. (laughs) Iota, Kappa, Iota, and Zeta, Beta, Zeta. Come on, you guys. (laughs) Uh, um, It was, it was good to see. I, it was good to see Franny get her sort of come up, come up and I will say if there's any real villain in, in Greek, it's probably Franny. Uh, Yeah. There's not a lot about her that's redeemable. And yet, <laughs> and I thought that was interesting and, and fun. I also liked uh, the friendship between Ashley and Calvin that develops. That was really nice. And and yeah. Right. And it's good seeing like Rebecca and Casey attempting to mend fences. I thought that was like a really good thing as well. Like there's life after college. Are you really just going to hold this grudge against your sorority sister forever over some dude like you're not even with right now? Like, you know? Right. Um, so I, there were, there were things about this show that I think were good lessons overall, but the Franny character was like a true blue villain, like not even an antagonist. Like she was a villain, you guys. She gave horrible advice and she did so intentionally and she undercut and undermined a lot of her sisters in really messed up ways. Right. I think if there's, um, if there's any two characters that, uh, meditate on the, on the idea of like, what does it mean to be a good person? It's definitely Franny and Evan. Franny and Evan both come. I don't know where Fran- they don't ever. I don't think the show ever expounds on like where Franny is from or like her background. I like. I don't know if she's rich or poor or if she's poor and she's like like performing class. I get mm-hmm. the. She gives that energy though. She give Franny gives like I'm poor but I'm performing class energy. And I think that's part of where a lot of her like venom comes from because she she when you are performing right it make a lot of times it it makes you harbor resentment for the person you're pretending to be yeah yeah i love a good female villain i really really do i wish there had been more male villains on greek i again i know their subject matters that they don't want to touch on they want to keep things light but the men on the show were just way too good for me well, and then that's what I said. That brings us to Evan, right? Because Evan is from like a super rich family. Um, the show lets us know that like his family, like a lot of the buildings at Cypress Rhodes University are named after his family, mm-hmm. like the Chambers Auditorium or like the Chambers Athletic Athletic Center. So he's a legacy. He's dumb rich. He's president of this fraternity. He has like a sort of expectation. He has a he has a certain set of expectations that are expected of him, and he doesn't like. And Evan doesn't make the right choice. And Evan is, at a lot of times, not a good person. And and he has to really. Um, Evan has to really work to figure out what it is he wants to be about, essentially, uh, because he realizes very quickly that people, I mean, 
I don't think he realizes very quickly, but I think it's something that he sort of understands within himself. And it's part of what makes him so villainous is that people are only good to him because of his status, because of these things of, because of his wealth and his, um, in his, uh, in his legacy status. And he often, uh, does a lot of things he he does a lot of bad things to bad people in order to preserve that status. And he doesn't make the change really until until Casey and Cappy really, I think, call him out on it. And then he like, I think, dissolves his trust fund. And um, which I think is really silly, but um dissolves his trust fund and and that that forces him to sort of really stand on his own two feet and his own beliefs and what he thinks is right and wrong i do wish we would explore the i was born with money and now i don't know who to trust because everyone's using me villain origin story (laughs) (laughs) i I really think that's a great villain origin story honestly especially like when you realize even your day ones are just like clout chasers and hangers on yeah that that can that that's enough to make somebody snap. I I would like to to analyze the psychological ramifications of being born rich. <laughs> but that's another story for another day. What what do you think of season 2, good, bad or basic? Season 2 is another solid good for me. I like I said I love the Iota Cap Iota stuff. I love the stuff between Rusty and Dale and I like the stuff with Jordan. I'm not I'm not even uh exhausted by the the love triangle yet so to me that's that's a good egg um so it's it's a firm good for me same season two is a firm good it doesn't feel like a new show it still feels well thought out it's still engaging i like everything so let's get into season three season three the 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 episode number was reduced uh by two it was only 20 episodes this is like the fifth and sixth chapter because every season is broken into chapters, AKA semesters. Um, right. So, uh, in this season, uh, Max is reeling from being officially dumped. Um, and, um, uh, so he quits grad school at CRU and he goes back to England, um, without telling Casey and Rusty who actually needs him. Right. Mm-hmm. Who, needs, who needs his help badly and he just kind of he's just like you're on your own um he needed uh uh his help specifically with ochem which is a class that be humbling the hell out of engineering and biomedical majors often right it's not to be played with <laughs> <laughs> I had problems with regular chemistry he's really like in a bad way we get a flashback to something called the end of the world party. I was triggered by this title as anyone who has ever watched the movie or read the book, uh, the rules of attraction would be triggered by this <laughs> title. <laughs> but we see that Cappy initially did not pursue Casey because Evan got there first, which kind of shifts everything, right? It changes everything about the tone and the nature of this love triangle. And it says everything about who Cappy is as a person and who Evan is as a person. Evan doesn't mind infringing, quote unquote, because he's been groomed to think that he's deserving of everything. 
Right. Evan right. is an opportunist. It's like he sees an opportunity. He's going to uh, take it. And if it's not there, he's going to manipulate it into happening. Right. Right. And so we kind of see that. And we also uh, get a confession from uh, Dale in the season opener where he's basically talking with his friend Calvin about how he broke his purity pledge because he was very serious about his religion and his uh and what that means to him. He's a conservative Southern Baptist, and the plan had been to keep himself pure, a.k.a. Uh, not have sex until marriage. Right, and he and now and he broke it, and now Dale is like, I'm a godless atheist. <laughs> Which is crazy, because I'm, I'm pretty sure being having sex doesn't mean that you no longer believe in God. I don't think that's how that works. <laughs> but it was interesting seeing the idea, the concept of purity from uh, the male perspective, because purity is something that even when it's not forced on, on women of various religious circles, it is seen as compulsory, right? It, it's, it's very much compulsory. If it's a choice for anyone, it's a choice for the men. Yeah, I would say like, uh, and there, and there's less in an impurity culture. There's just less. The messaging is so different. Like the messaging to women is like, you must do this, or, or else essentially you're going to hell. Where for for boys, it's like, you need to do that. Like you must, you need to do this. But if you slip up, it's not a big deal. Right, unless you're in like very specific fundamentalist sects of like you know like. Amish, Quaker, uh, certain types of Mormon, where you might be ostracized from your community for having sex as a man, there really are no ramifications for you. Like there are no consequences if you do quote unquote slip up. Um, in fact, they'll find some way to blame the person that you had sex with and solely them. <laughs> right. <laughs> So it really, and you know, Southern Baptists are included in that that very large group of people who will tell a man don't have sex, but also it's fine if you do. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, so his his response is a very personal one about his relationship with God, how he interprets it, and the promises that he made between himself and God. So we kind of see that fallout. I think it's really interesting. Uh, we don't get to cover this type of thing often at all. And then Dale does what a lot of Christians who have sex and feel guilty or want to have sex without feeling guilt do. He proposes. <laughs> right, he proposes. Right. He's trying to get married to make, to basically make the sin right. Right, right. And he, and I actually really like Dale's transformation too and e even though like i don't necessarily like the way in which even though i think the way this way in which this show makes it happen is sort of like muddled i do like that he sort of flips from this sort of uh evangelical christian belief in belief into atheism because i also think that's very honest uh, i think that happens a lot in college you know you you're raised one way and then you you know you start to think for yourself and um, and you do another thing when you when you get to college, right? I, I I agree. I don't like the way that it was handled. The the I had sex. I felt guilty. I felt angry, and then I came to the realization that there is no God. Is it's it's very weak. It's very juvenile. It's very amateur. Um, 
But the idea of people like uh, converting to various different religions or doing away with religion and belief altogether is honest. It is. And I like Dale being a cipher for that because I feel like there was only so far his character could go as it was prior to this, if that makes sense. Yeah, that that doesn't make sense. Yeah, um, there's only so far that they could, so much that they could do with him as he was before. Something had to change. I feel like this was a drastic change. I would have, I think I would have appreciated it more if Rusty had just become less of a fundamentalist or less of a conservative. Right. Um, and it's, and it's tricky, right? Because he can't be so conservative that we hate him. Right. Like, uh, Dale, like Dale puts up the Confederate flag in the, in the pilot. Right. But like, he never, but he doesn't like call Calvin a nigger. Right. Like, like he can't do that or else like we really hate him. And then also I think it throws off the the tone of the show. Like, I mean, I do think he does do, like, a little conversion therapy joint, whatever. But, like, sure. and, and and that's the thing. Like, he, and then even then, it's, Dale says something to the effect of conversion therapy. And Calvin just sort of rolls his eyes. So because, like, you make him sort of fuddy-duddy and lovable, you then have to find a way to get to this atheist place that feels honest. But, like, he's already kind of halfway there. Right, 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 right. Um, so it's weird. It is. It is. Um, and I always just saw it as his his religious leanings and his political leanings are much lax than he thinks. Right. Um, I never saw it as he just he doesn't believe in those things. I mm. never really. I never got that interpretation. I never got that energy. Um, mm. But I'm glad that the writers were at least concerned with some type of growth and they didn't just stagnate on this character because I think it would have been easy to do so um since he's not part of Greek life right it would have been easy to be like look at everybody else learning and growing and moving and shaking and look at Dale he's just bitter at his computer still <laughs> right right in fact like I would say the the growing the the stuck narrative is reserved for Casey and Cappy for the most part which is sad. Um, not completely unexpected for the Cappy character, but it's sad for the Casey character. And the thing, though, Casey's stuckness kind of makes sense to me, too. I don't. It, I think it takes a long time for Casey to evolve past the narrative of popular girl with guys fighting over her. Because now that Casey, like, isn't dating Evan, and she, she, but she is dating Cappy, she... She's graduating in season three. You know, she talked about how she's graduating this year and she doesn't, she still doesn't really know what she wants to do. She sort of, she jumped into the sorority and let the soror, and this sorority identity for her was an extremely similar one to high school. And she's now realizing that she's not, that these four years of being a ZBZ uh, has, has made her stuck. Um, she has no real goals. She has no real, she, she always said she was going to go to law school, not because she wanted to go to law school, but that's, but because like, that's what Evan was doing. So she wanted to, um, so she just did what, whatever Evan was doing. 
And so now that she's back with Cappy, she knows she has to graduate, but she's still stuck. She doesn't, she has no real plan for her future. Luckily, though, Kate Casey does eventually figure it out. She goes to a ZBZ, not alumni, but like a ZBZ, um, like national gathering at like Panhellenic when it, and she meets a senator and who was a former, yeah, she meets a senator who was um, a former sister in, in ZBZ and uh, she goes and she does an internship for the senator and she realizes that she does, I think, legitimately want to get into politics. And and that's why she's going to law school. She decides to go to law school so that she can eventually be enter politics, which. OK, that's cool. I didn't see it for her, but I'm glad that you you made a choice, sis. I'm glad you just did something. <laughs> Same. I also don't see it for Kate Casey in politics. I see it for Franny in politics, definitively, but not Casey. Right, and it's not even because, like, Franny's a more manipulative person. Um, I just don't see that Casey, when she got that amount of power, would actually want it. I think that's fair. So what do we think of season three, good, bad, or basic? Season three. Season three is um it's another good for me. There's a lot of there's a lot of great stuff that happens in season three that I really like. I love the Rebecca Evan pairing. Um I love uh this sort of the the stuff between Calvin and, and Grant and Grant not being out and, and Calvin needing him to be out for their relationship to work. I like, uh, this is the season where Evan gives up his trust fund because he dissolved his trust fund. Uh, it, it erodes his sort of power and standing at Omega Chi. And, um, so basically like, because now he's not rich, like they don't want to listen to him, which is fascinating. I like Rusty and uh, dating his nerd equivalent. And as, and I also like the, the introduction of Catherine who is, um, the president at Gamma Psi and she's a lot like Rusty as well in that like she's a nerd but she joined a sorority and and it's it's all good stuff um to to the season finale when we get to to uh to Myrtle Beach spring break again we we have to see we have to see Cappy sort of make this decision of if he's going to lose Casey or you know finally graduate and that's interesting right a lot of great things were handled in season three honestly i'm not seasons one through three for me are the quality is consistent so i just based off that alone i'm going to give it an extra high mark so season four this is the final season of greek and it's the shortest 10 episodes um so it's definitely a, a thing where they wanted to give the audience some closure, but they wanted this to be over. <laughs> right. The ABC family is like, gotta wrap it up, kids. It's over. It's done. I was gonna say season four is basically like season three two point oh or like season three point five feels like it is. It's like it is. It really is. It, it it gives me that energy. Um here in season four, we get a little bit more of Casey's uh, roommate, Ashley, in the beginning. Um, Ashley is working in New York City. Um, Rebecca is now the president of ZBZ. And uh, Casey didn't get into law school, and she's trying to figure out why. 
and uh, Rusty is running for Capital president against Cappy. All of this is in our opener, so they they really came in with a bang. They did. Um, and then we we find that like we see that Casey is um she's actually still she's still at ZBZ <laughs> like she she's living at ZBZ and she's she's the house mom, which I feel like really personifies her her sort of trappedness. Right, right, because she couldn't get into the law school, the CRU law. It seems like everyone's life is moving forward except for Casey's, sadly. But this season um, was really good. I, it never took things up to a notch where we would feel unfulfilled, right? It never, like, introduced more themes. It just kind of expounded on the ones we've been dealing with before um, to give us closure, and I, I appreciate that. Um, certain other shows, like... I'm looking at you, Alias. It did too <laughs> much, too much at the 11th hour. <laughs> um, the, I think the show handles everything well. We do get a couple new people here as well. But again, they all serve that purpose of of moving the plot forward. We're not here to get... They're not here for us to get attached to them. Right. Always a good time. Um, we meet Creepy Professor. Um, what is it? Professor Seagal? Is it Simon? Yeah. The one who's like who's into Ashley. Yeah, Simon. Yeah. Um, I I just call him creepy professor. That's like I know she's fair. an adult. I know she's an adult, but this is a theme that most college age shows do touch on, which I think should be, which is how many predatory older men are in positions at these schools where they know that at the very least they're not going to be brought up on criminal charges for trying to groom and pursue their students. Right. And, but it's also like, there's, there's a weird vibe. The vibe is weird and how he treats her is weird. And, Mm -hmm. but it's intentional, right. And it's purpose. It's purposeful. Yeah. And it should be, the vibe is always going to be weird. There's a power imbalance. There's an age discrepancy, which brings just more power imbalance good things don't come from these relationships. I understand not wanting to date boys in college because they're nothing to write home about. <laughs> but don't date your professor. Just don't do it. Right. Um. So she, like, it's eight episodes in, okay? It's near the end of the season before she realizes that something is off with this relationship. Because that's how grooming works. Other people can see what you cannot see. <laughs> right. Um, and she's like, this is weird. This is kind of messed up. Should I be in this relationship even? She starts questioning everything. Cappy does ultimately decides to man up, graduate, and, um, you know, leave Casey behind. Leave this this juvenile will-they-won't-they behind and figure out his life. Oh, no, they drive off together in the sunset. Did they? Yeah, so, like, the cat, sorry. I think I tuned out after the conversation where he's like, I got to figure my life out. <laughs> no. And I was like, yes, Cappy. And I think I might've turned the TV off after that. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so the series ends with the, the Capitol house is being destroyed. It's being demolished to, so that the university can expand and build a new athletic center. One of their pledges who, and it's being destroyed by like a former Capitao brother, which makes it all the more 
unfortunate. And in this destruction, uh, Cappy decides to... He doesn't decide to. He accidentally has to graduate because he's taken so many classes that, like, he has so many credits that, like, he has to graduate. Imagine postponing graduation so that you can postpone adulthood. <laughs> Essentially. And also, also something that I that bothered me that the show eventually addressed, it's just that they did it last season that I really appreciate, is that they, like, I was, because I was like, how is he, like, just going to college? Um, because college is expensive. <laughs> And not graduating. Like, what are his parents saying? And then we met his parents. And they're like, yeah, just like, we have all this money. Like, we find out that essentially that Cappy is also rich. Like, but like, we could have inferred that this this entire (laughs) time. He doesn't have a scholarship. He doesn't have a job. How is he, how is he managing to pay to be at the school? And we find out that his parents, like, inherited some sort of, like, ostrich farm or whatever. And they have, like, essentially, like, tons of dividends from that. And so, and thus, like, Cappy is rich. And essentially, he's always been rich. And that's how he just keeps... And they and, and that his parents are also fine with him going to college for however long he wants to go. Because um, they're like, don't feel pressure to, like you know, just graduate in four years, you know, take five, take seven. <laughs> and they are completely supportive of this because they have the money to just keep throwing and doing it. Couldn't be me, but y'all be easy though. No. <laughs> and so, yes, but apparently Cappy has taken so many classes and had so many credits that he has to graduate. He accidentally graduated. Um, and uh, they try to save the Capital House, but the Capital House is destroyed. And Rusty is president of Capital, so he takes the charge to find a new Capital House. But he and Casey drive off into the sunset. And Abandoning his responsibilities once more. And she has not, she still has not gotten into law school. So they're going to Washington to do something, D.C. to do whatever. Yeah. Um, good luck with everything, I guess. Yeah. And and then Rusty and Ashley start dating. I kind of like that turn a little bit. Anything to get her away from Creepy Professor. But Casey and Cappy are just doing Casey and Cappy things, which is not much of anything. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> It feels honest, but it also feels like... Yeah, you know, I will say that, like, I thought it was, like, a really fitting ending. I will say I liked the ending. It's fine. It's fine. It's a good ending. It feels appropriate to the show, which I feel is all you can ask for. Yes, and honestly, they had 10 episodes. They did what they had to do. I'm going to give this season a good base off that alone and the fact that the girl doesn't end up being with creepy professor um <laughs> like as a like thank you for not portraying this as portraying this as a real stable healthy long-term relationship so kudos on that i'm gonna give it a good what's your grade for season four good bad, or basic same i'm giving it a good um they wrap up they wrap up everything really nicely casey casey and cappy uh you know, like I said, they ride off into the sunset. Um, Rebecca's 
president of ZBZ. Rusty is president of Capital. Rusty and Ashley are dating, which I don't know. I like. I think the vibe. I think it's the fact that Rusty and Ashley are dating. I think says a. It doesn't say a lot, but I think it speaks to Rusty's arc in terms of becoming this whole complete mature person. I don't remember if Evan and Rebecca are together. Uh, I think Evan is just flying solo, as is Calvin. And that's fine. It's all good. I I enjoyed it. Yeah, absolutely. I think it was a great final season. Overall, I think Greek is very, very cute. It, it, it refuses to discuss very necessary themes. But like I said, it was a rock... It wasn't the right platform. And I'll say it wasn't the right time. In 2007, we were not trying to... We were just, we were just here for Technicolor and vibes. Right. And, and also, thought. I... <laughs> and I also think, like, every show doesn't have to do that. Like, right. and, I, and I understand, like, if you don't want to, I think that's fair. Um, and Greek wasn't interested in that. Greek was like, I don't... I'm not interested in social issues. Just, this is, this is, you know, we're sticking to the interpersonal shit. And... That's fine. It's and they that's what they did. And it was good. And there's nothing wrong with solely wanting to be entertained. We can't read bell hooks all day. Sometimes you gotta put down black looks and pick up gone girl, honey. Yes. Yes. So I know that there were thoughts and plans for like a Greek TV movie, which I think is could be cute. Um, but it hasn't come to fruition. Although I don't know what it would be about. <laughs> like, all these people are old now. You should have you should have it together now. Um, and maybe it won't... I don't... But I feel like if you can m- find a way to make it, like, charming in the way that the series was, I don't, I don't think that would be a bad thing. I don't need a reboot. But I would like more shows like Greek. I think they're definitely, like, a winner. Right. I think so as well. It's cute. It's fun. It, it gets the job done. If you want to be entertained, it's entertaining. And there you have it, folks. This is everything that we think made Greek good, bad, basic, and memorable. If you'd like to check out the series, Greek is currently streaming on Hulu, Sling, and YouTube Premium, as well as for free on Freeform and Amazon Prime. If you've enjoyed this episode of The Good, The Bad, The Basic, be sure to share it with your friends. If you're a patron on our Patreon, be sure to check out our Greek playlist. Tune in next week as we keep this season going with a discussion on the WB's hit college drama, Felicity. Felicity is currently streaming for free on ABC.go. Get into the series because you don't want to miss out on this conversation. The Good, The Bad, The Basic is currently streaming on all major podcast platforms, so be sure to tune into our regular weekly episodes on the go. Leave us a review on your preferred platform and share our weekly episodes on your social media. You can follow us at The Good Bad Basic on Twitter and at Good Bad Basic Pod on Instagram to get in on our daily content. Also, be sure you're following our SoundCloud page, The Good, The Bad, The Basic, where our weekly episodes debut. If you love this sort of content and want more, become a show producer and patron over on Patreon. You can find us at patreon.com forward slash good, bad, basic. Your support allows us to keep bringing you our regular weekly episodes as well as exclusive bonus material. Until next time. Bye, everyone.